0: Hello, Mix Not cases. This is Nick Chass. and today we are going to do a, a a topic we've done before, but we said we would open it up and do it again. We are going to be talking about heroes from history that need a movie and tech. You have. We're going to get into some clarifiers there, but before we get into it, with me as always. Hi, I'm still Tech and our good friends. Hi, I'm Jason and I'm Jen. And tech has some clarifying rules for us. And this one, we are talking about heroes from history that need a movie, but. But a movie that, a movie that we haven't seen. I mean,
1: example, Scott Joplin. I would love to see a movie about the entertainer. I would love to see a movie about Scott Joplin. And immediately there's somebody in the audience who's going to put, push the glass up there and say, um, excuse me, but Billy D. Williams played Scott Joplin in a made for TV movie that came out in 19 6. I'm like, yeah, he did. And I didn't see it.
0: And, and it was a made-for-TV movie. And it was what? a made-for-TV
1: movie. So I'm talking about people that deserve not only a movie, but they deserve a triple-A blockbuster, $100 million-plus movie about them because their story is that cool and that important. Like, I'm talking about, I want the bar to be, like, these people deserve a movie like Harriet Tubman did in Harriet I only hope they do a better job of it than they did with Harriet Tubman and Harriet. Us. Don't us. us. Yeah. Don't. Uh, God, you talk. Mm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it just is just. Huh, you know what? I'm, I got I got a better. I got a better bar, right? Hmm. They deserve a movie with the budget and gravitas of the Northman is for Viking.
0: Fair. Sure. So uninterested in the North man. It's really good. I don't care who wants to go first. I Don't really everybody jump what, up? I want to hear what Jen has to I'm say. I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you, Jen.
3: I know you're looking at me.
1: <laughs> go ahead, Jen.
3: All right. So I guess I'm told to go first. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks, Jen.
1: Your your courage is noted.
3: Jen
0: teased us a little bit before we started recording, and so I really just want to hear. Yeah, and she she even hit it for me. I'm sitting in the same room. So shut at her up fo- so she could talk.
3: You know, looked at her phone. She turned it over. You know what I'm saying? Because it was Nenya. <laughs> As in none of your business? Exactly. Aha. So the person that I chose that I really feel should get a little bit of recognition is actually an actress that had a lot of stuff going on in her background. I chose Hedy Lamar. Um, she was born in 1914, died in 2000 at the age of like 85. And Hetty Lamar was known for like one of my favorite movies of hers was My Favorite Spy. And mm-hmm. she had like Samson and Delilah was one of her movies. And these are, these are older movies, of course. But Hedy Lamar, even though she was a pretty face and was born to a rich family and basically had everything going for her, she was super smart. Hedy Lamar, um, actually pioneered the technology for Wi Fi and Bluetooth. Um, she did her, husband at the time was also helped her with that. So, I mean, she did have somebody to collaborate with, but she was acting. She was making money. She had family money and the war happened. And when this happened, she said, I do not want to sit around being some pretty face. I want to find a way to help. So she did patent her findings in this technology. And I mean, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth is, I mean, we probably this day and age wouldn't survive without it. It's just something Mm -hmm. everybody uses anymore. And so she did patent her technology, but um, did not receive any royalties or anything from this technology because it did run out before um, it really got off the ground. Oh, that's rude. But Lamar... Um, learned about engineering and technology from her father. Her mother didn't want her to know stuff like that. So her father would take her on walks and talk to her about how music boxes worked, talk to her about how different technology worked, how machines ran, how they were put together. And all of this, um, really got her interested into all of this, into, into technology and engineering. But of course, being older, uh, or, you know, older, like 19, you know, we'll say 1930s at this point. That's not really something that women were looked at for engineering school stuff like that. They were just made to be housewives. Um, we were like having actresses and stuff was great, but she does have one quote where she was at a line reading and a fellow actor which is the fellow star of the movie, looked at her and said, go call me a cab. Said it just like that, straight up. She immediately stood up and started walking to the door to go call him a cab. And all it was was the next line in this movie. She It was so ingrained in her <clears throat> to be um the, you know, seen but not spoke, or do not speak but be seen sort of thing mm-hmm. that, I mean that's all that she knew. So in the background, she was so smart and it's not something that women were allowed to do. And I feel like something like that and should be pointed out, especially for girls these days where women are fighting for equality in the workplace and are ignored for their ideas so often. But I mean, a lot of women have invented a lot of stuff that even now we use.
1: I gotta talk about Hedy Lamar for a sec, because I love this. Because when I was in school, when I was in university for a year, we actually studied Hedy Lamar and some of her inventions because, and there was a poster on the wall going into our classroom every day we would walk by, and it was her headshot of her as an actress. And next to it was the patent that she had been granted for this, this, this device for controlling because during world war ii radio controlled torpedoes were a thing so they could guide them towards enemy ships but you could jam the radio frequencies and you'd lose control of your torpedo so she invented a method of code switching of hopping frequencies of the Mm -hmm. torpedo so that it couldn't it couldn't be jammed she came up with the idea after looking at a player piano and miniaturized a player piano mechanism to put into a torpedo so that as the scroll turns, it would hop frequencies on the different pins. And then the, the the ship could listen to that and go. But we now know that as Code Division Multiple Access. That's CDMA technology. Everything uses that. Bluetooth, GPS, Wi-Fi, cell phones. Everything runs on CDMA and Time Division and TDMA access as well. So you're right. There's a lot of this technology, uh, a lot of the stuff that we take for granted today came from a relatively unknown inventor and a, a forgotten actress sadly, but she was one of MGM's huge huge stars uh yeah. who yeah, moonlighted as a uh, moonlighted as a, a radio engineer and basically invented Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. Um so freaking cool. And yeah, passed by that poster every single day of my year long course. I I, I I love this story. Hedy
0: Lamar, and this could be a good title for the movie, uh, embodies more than just a pretty face. Like, could you imagine that would be the title of the movie more than just a pretty face? The story of Hedy Lamar. I mean, yeah, I'd be all in. Give me hot science girls. Yes, please. It reminds
2: me of, it reminds me of the song by, um, Oh gosh, what's his name? Who does the geologic podcast and, uh, he makes comedy songs and he made a song called Brains, George Rob. Yeah, George Rob made the song called Brains Body Both.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: that's, that's Lady Lamar's, the definition of that.
1: Yeah. Uh, her she's, her she's... memorial, her memorial is this beautiful sculpture representing mm-hmm. the different frequencies as they hop back and forth. And the quote underneath it says, Films have a certain place in a certain time period, but technology is forever. Thanks, Eddie. That heady. is
0: awesome. And how many people can boast a, a star on the Walk of, of the Hollywood Walk of Fame and be in the National Inventors Hall of Fame? Mm-hmm. There's not too many. Not too many. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I I agree. I think it would be fantastic, and I bet that actresses would be. It would come to blows over who could play her. Like everybody would be fighting for who could play her. And we all know who's gonna get cast.
1: Uh who would you cast?
0: Oh, who would I cast is different than who I think would get cast.
1: Okay, who do you think would get cast?
0: I think they're gonna give it to Scar Joe. Yeah. Ugh. Um honestly Jennifer Connolly, but I, I don't know if she's, she's a old little now.
1: too old. Um uh with somebody somebody who could get that same classic look who I think would be the right age is I think you could cast Chloe Moretz.
0: Oh, that'd be a nice casting. I think she,
1: and she can act the rings around pretty much anybody. So I like her. I think she could do well in that role.
2: I don't know how she would look as a brunette, but, um, the female lead and and it brings it up that it brought it up because we, I was talking about it earlier, the Northman, um, Anna Taylor Joy. I don't know how she would look as a brunette, but she's has some acting chops um, the look, however, if you wanted to just go for straight looks, uh, Gal Gadot, uh, or Gal Gadot, I'm sorry, uh, mm. she could get the look, but I think she's too old and her acting chops go back and forth like the frequencies that would, that Hedy Lamar created to jump.
0: Anna Taylor Joy, now I didn't see this, but she's the lead from The Queen's Gambit. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. Like if I look at pictures of yep. her from The Northman, maybe not, but The Queen's Gambit, I'm like, you know what? Actually, mm. I think so. I, I will agree on that one. I think she's got the attitude for it. Yeah. Mm.
1: And I know it's something that we do in Hollywood all the time when you have to play with somebody's heights, but I think Gal Gadot would be way too tall. <laughs> but <laughs> And does she do... A- it's, it's, well, like, I, it's, it's like a Tom Cruise movie where he's always standing on an Apple box. You'll just have to get everybody else to stand on Apple boxes to be yeah. to Gal Gadot. I, and and shot also, at Dutch angles.
2: Oh, yes.
0: I'm also curious about her accent work, that's all. I mean, Israeli, Austrian... Uh, we could we could fudge it a little, but doesn't Hedy get like a clean accent by the time she's at uh, MGM? Mm. I've never seen her movies. I don't know.
1: I, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to. OK, on the. So, Jen, you said you'd watch some of these movies on the scale of perfect English to jaja Where's her? And I know that's a different accent.
3: They're not. I know yeah, that the yeah, Gabor yeah. sisters are Hungarian, but. I don't know. I would. I don't pay enough attention to accents.
1: Okay.
2: Oh, okay. I really judge. By the way, Jen, you do realize that when I start my film class this summer, I'm going to ask him to do a Hedy Lamar movie.
3: Oh, yeah. That'd be great. My favorite spy. I'd totally sit down and watch
0: that again. We should watch that. We should definitely watch that. We should do like a movie night.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. I I think you guys should watch Death on the Nile, which has Gal Gadot in it as a well to do kind of heiress. Mm -hmm. And
3: I think you should tell us who your not famous, should be famous person is. Well, mine? Oh, all right. We're moving to Jason. Jen's in control here.
2: Yeah. Um, For me, I had a few, but since I since we made mention before the recording that we had we all did gentlemen last time, I we kind of kind of grouply decided on doing the ladies, and (laughs) so I chose Ida B. Wells. Ida B. Wells. Oh yes. Ida B. Wells is a journalist and a civil rights activist. Um, She was freed by the Emancipation Proclamation and she basically wrote exposés and on-site observation journalism for lynchings in the south um she did two publications one called the horrors of um called southern horrors lynchings in the south and she did one called the red i think it's like the red journals i think it was called um but basically these two categ- these two t- two things talked about the treatment of blacks in the south and how the accusations of sexual assault were used to get black people lynched. Sounds familiar, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was just amazing. And like for her to report on these things in a time when women were generally considered to be seen and never heard, not to mention the fact that she was black and was openly going against fig- powerful figures in the South with these exposes and pamphlets that she had printed would make an amazing
0: like absolutely especially now as as we're still dealing with this you know she was always talking about how why why are these crimes being uh uh um enforced when it's black people and when white people do it we don't enforce it yeah i'm sorry to interrupt
2: no no you're fine and and she talked about how lynching was literally used only as a punishment for blacks and how it was a punishment doled out by white people so it wasn't like they were using it to lynch white people or other criminals it was only and specifically for black people and she she talks about that and like the fact of the matter is i don't i think a lot of younger people don't understand that like just she doesn't even have to say these things and it makes her a target for death Right. Mm -hmm. Like just writing these things as a woman, as a black woman, like just writing about these things, hell going to be there in person to observe and watch these things, knowing she cannot stop them. But the fact of the matter is she's in the vicinity. She could have got swept up in it off principle at the time. So it was super dangerous. Right. Like it brings to mind. You know, the quote from Muhammad Ali, when someone asks him why he's objectioning against the war, doesn't want to volunteer. And he says, why should I volunteer to go fight someone else when I have to fight you here at home? When I don't have the rights to do these things, why Mm -hmm. should I fight someone else when I have to fight you at home? And Ida B. Wells was fighting that same fight at home here. I
1: I do believe Muhammad Ali has a famous quote about that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we can't. We can't say that on this podcast. No, but, uh, but, but you could look, it, look up. it
1: up. You could look it up and you can see that that sentiment, that sentiment is uh, timeless that the idea is why would I go over there to fight somebody? If people are fighting me here, why should I go fight for you?
2: Yes. And I, I, and the craziest part about this is that this happened at a time when this is unheard of. The fact that she was a woman journalist was unheard of. The fact that she was a black woman journalist was unheard of not to mention She graduated from Rust College and Fisk University to become a jerk. Like, again, highly unheard of at the time. Like, this is before we have the civil rights movement that we knew of today, because she died in 1931. So this was well before the civil rights movement was in full swing. And we recognize people like Thurgood Marshall and... Another potential choice of mine, uh Charles Hamilton Houston, who was Thurgood Marshall's teacher, uh, who would have had the case for Brown versus um Board of Education if not having tragically died early, four years earlier by a heart attack. Um, so we have all that stuff happening and we recognize that history, but this happened in a time when Bonnie and Clyde was running around. Like, like we hadn't even got to World War Two when she when she was doing this and passed away like that's how early and how dangerous this world was that she was doing this in it's insane
0: she's amazing um I, one of I've I've done a portrait of her um and uh what's really fascinating is how influential she was with not just her journalism but in politics in changing Chicago's um, Republican party in. Um, trying to prevent segregation because Chicago didn't have segregated schools and they were trying to bring in segregated schools and how she fought against that. Um, her influence on feminism and suffrage and the suffrage movement and the fact that uh, she, there, there's a big like, oh, no, 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 we'll get rights for women, then we'll talk about black people um, or we'll get rights for black people, then we'll talk about women. And she was like, no, 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 we got to have it all. We got to so- have it all.
2: So, so what? You, so what, you, what you're saying is, she said black rights matter, and they said no, 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 all, all rights, rights matter. Exactly.
0: It, it was. It was.
1: So it not just the and and we also have to talk about her as a family leader. Yeah, because the influence that she has had stretches through multiple generations. Because as a mom and as the leader of her family, her one of her she had six kids. Her youngest daughter, Alfreda Duster, was a civil rights leader civil rights activist, and um, a writer in Chicago. Won all kinds of awards and citations, honorary doctorates from Universities of Illinois, uh, sorry, University of Chicago, all kinds of things. Her son, so this would be Ida B. Wells' grandson, is Troy Duster, who's the Chancellor's Professor of Sociology at Berkeley and the Professor of Sociology and Director of the Institute for History and Production of Knowledge at New York University. So, and he's 85, still kicking butt and, you know, professor of sociology at two of the biggest universities in the country. I mean, uh, her work speaks for itself and ripples through generations. She's created generation after generation of inspirational leader of people that are, that have their pulse on social consciousness. Absolutely.
0: And, and, and she's, was never afraid to say the hard things. Or to say the quiet part out loud. I mean, like, <laughs> she, her whole thing about lynching was, you know, we, when we've all heard the memes about white women tears and all of that. Yeah. She was talking about it way back then because lynching was, oh, it's the defense of a white woman's honor, usually. Usually, it's a white woman that we're protecting, and this was the giant excuse that people had for committing these horrors. Yeah, it was. Um, they use, like, people
2: talk about how weird American, US propaganda is. But can you imagine how weird it would be to have propaganda spread out that said black people use sexual assault against white women, so we have to hang them by the neck until they're dead? Like, that was propaganda used, and she spoke about that. It was, uh, But
0: it's still happening, like something will happen, and we see it in like these little videos or whatever. Something happens to a white lady, and then all of a sudden she realizes she's being filmed, and she starts crying, or she says something bad, and she goes, oh, I didn't mean it. Why is everyone attacking me? This is the nonsense that's been happening since they get and and she was writing about it and the suffrage movement was like oh no 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 you can't turn us into the villain and it's like yeah but you are yeah
1: like it's it's crazy right like so what year oh that was wow okay so but man we're slow at learning stuff right because yeah. she's talking about this like they are going to use this against us and they've used this against us to lynch us in 1886 yep. yeah and then I just looked it up. I'm like, yeah, but when did Emmett Till die? 1955. Yep. yep. It took another 69 years,
2: and it's still happening. Yeah. Yeah. She wrote. She wrote the Southern horrors, Lynch laws in all its phases, and the Red Record in the night in the 1890s. Yeah. Yeah. When
1: when and and she. And Emmett Till got lynched for talking to a white woman in 1955. She was not
0: just walking in the world of other uh, historical figures that are just fascinating, but like interacting with them and working with them like Frederick Douglass, like Madame C.J. Walker, like all of these other people that have had movies about themselves. So like long overdue. Let's just say long overdue. Yeah. Like, like, don't get me wrong. Uh Oh, uh, and one of the founders of the NAACP. Indeed. And
2: um what's his – uh cuz you have like we just talked about in my English class. We talked about W.E.B. Du Bois and his, oh, yeah. his and his issues with um what was it Douglas or is it Jackson? I can't remember. He had an issue with an earlier author and a and a a civil rights proponent because he didn't like the position that this person held when it came to black people and white people interacting and mm-hmm. what what levels of equality people wanted. And I think it's so funny that without this woman neither of them like she walked so they could run, right? Like like she was freed by the emancipation proclamation. Like the stuff the civil war was fought over was what freed her and she was like white people y'all messed up y'all gotta stop this ish way before it was popular to talk about like
0: yeah she's amazing she's absolutely amazing um so yeah kudos um any any thoughts on casting oh uh she
1: she looks so familiar to me
0: right well in
1: in in her in her portraits um there's something about her um The shape of her face, she reminds me of an actress. I just cannot think of the lady's name. I can't. I just. I her face is so familiar. I know you can find someone to play her that could do her justice. I just can't think who that is.
2: Oh, 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 oh! Jen um just said she thinks the actress that's in Nope, and if you've seen the trailer for Jordan Peele's new movie Nope,
1: is that the one with the horse farm?
3: Yes.
2: Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Yes. Her like
3: her Keke Palmer. That's it.
2: See, but I have another choice that I would do. And that is my, was, again, I'm pulling from my, my classes here. Um, my film teacher has a real attraction for Daniel Day Lewis as an actor. I don't one, think
0: he can play her.
2: And, well, no, 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 no. One <laughs> <of> the- <laughs> Gutsy casting, Jake. Gutsy <laughs> casting. Yeah. But see, when he asked us who I thought was the best actor or an underrated actor or someone who was who was up there in the greatest of all time for actors, I chose the wonderful Octavia Spencer, mm. and I think she would have played she would play a wonderful Ida B. Wells.
0: Um, but didn't she just play C? Yeah, she did play C.J. Walker. It's fine. Look, if, if, <laughs> listen. If Scar, if ScarJo can play. Any role? Why can't Octavia Spencer play any role? It's fair, right? I mean, that's that's fair. That's fair. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. You right? know what? Honestly, um, I am I am in for almost any casting. Most of my thoughts are actually going to um. Hang on, I got to look up her name. Oh uh, gosh, Tempest Bledsoe. She played the the middle daughter in the Cosby Show. Oh! I think that's who she looks like, and I think she has the energy and the sass. I don't know if she's still acting. Oh, yeah, she's still at. Well, as of 2010, she's still acting. Um, But I would love that. I would love that so much. You know, I know she's a
2: little older now,
0: Mm -hmm. but
2: she still looks absolutely wonderful and has acting chops. Angela Bassett.
0: Angela Bassett is amazing. I agree.
2: I know she's older. Like, I know that like, she's probably well beyond the age range of the character at the time, but she could do it. And I'll be, I'll be real with you. I know that I'm just out here stretching, but Lupita Nyong'o, Nyong'o or Dania Guerrero from Black Panther, either one of those. I'll, I'm with it. I'll so uh,
0: I'm going to go with the second.
2: Oh, uh, Dania uh, Guerrero from uh, who played yeah. Okoye.
0: Yeah. So I love
1: her. Jason, did you uh, see what the name of her husband was? No, I didn't. Barnett. Know. That is an inside
2: joke. Uh, because one of my homies uh, in the army's last name is Barnett
1: Ferdinand Lee Barnett. He was Chicago's first black ADA.
2: Yeah, her whole family, even the family that she married into hers, like are out here doing big things. Oh, yeah.
1: And uh, you gotta put a picture of him up in the chat. He's a dapper looking dude. I don't know who you could cast to play him either because he's handsome af and oh, yes michael michael b jordan like
0: what's i mean i as michael b jordan have question, to lose a couple who's, of who's 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 casting this like like the cw or are we just casting hotties what's going on <laughs> like come well, on. Look, luckily the
2: hotties we're casting can also act <sighs>
3: this is <All> right. true <laughs>
0: this is very true uh tech who yes. do who do you want to go
1: with? i have changed my mind at the last minute in a typical Yep. Tech typey sense. I've decided to go for somebody. Uh I, I gotta rep somebody Canadian, like I okay. did last time. Okay. Um I would love to see a movie done about Laura Secord. Oh, okay. Ooh. I think you've mentioned the, the So Laura Secord uh was born in Massachusetts uh in seventeen seventy five. What became Massachusetts. Um but during the war of eighteen twelve uh, when the United States, uh, were fighting, uh, conti- fighting against the loyalist forces of Britain up in the north in what is now Canada, and I, I may refer to it as a war against Canada, and I know that's technically not correct because we weren't a country until 1867, but give me some slack, people. Um, when, um, Canada was about to be attacked uh, at what became known as the Battle of Queenston Heights. Um, she learned of the attack in the South and felt it important to warn the loyalist forces that the Americans were coming. So in the middle of the night, she walked 20 miles through occupied enemy territory, it took her 17 hours until she reached the camp of Lieutenant Fitzgibbons and was able to warn him that the attack was coming. Sadly, the only two things that we know that popularly that we know about her life that we got from a history minute yep. that shows up on TV. Send me to Fitzgibbons where we learn about that one line and the fact that there's a chocolate company uh, that you can buy sweets and chocolates from at, in every shopping mall in Canada called Laura Secord.
0: So much so that when you Google Laura Secord, unless you put history afterwards, yeah. you will only find chocolates.
1: Right, and but That's th- crazy. it was. <laughs> named in her honor on the 100th anniversary of her walk. Yeah but wow and and the chocolate is what remains. The chocolate is what remains. it's all that we remember of um, uh, a, a pivotal moment in history in uh, changing in helping to change pretty much the entire geography of a continent and where are we gonna draw border lines in this continent? All has to do with the fact that Laura Secord, in the middle of the night, walked 17 hours. Now, just think about what women's clothing was like in the early 1800s, and the average level of fitness of an individual, and the average level of health of an individual. And now you have a woman at 37 years old, dressed in whatever, walking 17 hours to go 20 miles in what I'm assuming were crummy wooden shoes.
0: Hmm.
1: Not like my neat Vibram sold hiking shoes that I've got today. Oh, no, no. (laughs) Orthotics. No comfortable shoes. Oh, Oh, no. no. Mosquito
0: repellent. No, none of
2: that. By the way, she's probably in a Boussier or a corset, probably some sort of weird
1: hoop skirt thing. Yep. Yep. She's lashed in and wired and there's steel bones and whale bones and things holding her posture to be ever so perfect. And she is going to walk 20 miles in the middle of the dark to go tell the British. To go tell Fitzgibbons that the Americans are coming to Queenston Heights tomorrow. By the way, you might want to get ready for it.
2: And, and let's, and, and, and folks, when we say the dark, we mean the dark because there were no street lights. There were no, you know you know, moments of of light and light pollution. No, 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 no. I'm
1: pretty sure if there wasn't a full moon, yeah. she couldn't see the hand in front of her face. No, and to make things even worse, the world was still black and white back then. Like the world didn't go color until about the nineteen forties. <laughs> oh, and even oh, then it was oh, grainy for a couple oh, of you decades. Even
2: so. when, when Dorothy took her trip to Oz when we got color, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We're a hundred years before that. <laughs> like, first off, I'm a veteran. I don't want to walk 20 miles. I've done it, but that don't mean I like it. And I know for a fact when I was done, I wasn't going to like, I wasn't going to be like, hey, I'm a lady. I know you don't like to have us talk or speak or do anything other than be barefoot in the kitchen, but you're going to get racked up, guy. They're going to lay y'all out to dry if you don't don't prepare for this thing.
0: So also, can I just throw in there? This was in May. So May <laughs> in season. Canada is known for two things. One, the mosquitoes are starting to hatch because they're already out there. Let me tell you. The other thing is the ground is soggy because we just had our thaw. No, but that's okay. There's no.
1: This was around Niagara Falls. There's no water at Niagara Falls. Yeah, no water near. Yeah, that's just, Falls.
0: that's just a little.
1: That's just a little river. It's
2: it's bad. Yeah, so she
0: was going through muck. Yeah. Not just twenty miles, but twenty miles through muck. And Can you the, imagine. Like,
2: again, like, and I'm gonna be honest, they probably laughed at her. Like, think about this. Yeah. A, a woman shows up in the middle of the night, probably looking like she was road hard and put away soaking wet. And she's like, hey, there's an attack coming. And they probably laughed in her face because it's, they're like, what does a woman
0: know? Like, yeah. Who, who, who are you? Well. Where's my Where's my breakfast? And who are you? I I, I may be remembering this from the history minute, but do, isn't the first group of soldiers that she meets Mohawk? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, like that's that's the other
1: thing. Yeah, because the the Loyalist forces had um, allied themselves with the um, the local indigenous peoples, and that's the first people she met were the local scouts.
2: Oh, so she probably didn't even speak their primary language oh, no. oh lord no <laughs> so, so now there's a random lady being like
0: terrible's coming and they're like what Let's stick her to the other white people where's your husband oh well, he's 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 sick <laughs> like, <laughs> and hurt. like
2: yeah like that's like that's like people want to talk about dedication and like fortitude like, that's literally the definition of it. And unlike
0: Paul Revere, she actually did the full 20 miles, just saying, like, she didn't just <laughs> do part of it, instead of other people that did a lot more of the run, but their names just sa- rhyme with things. Yeah, they, uh, they, uh, they. No, it wasn't even a relay race. There was other people that did the full length, but their names were not poetic.
1: What was that, what was that thing on, uh, on uh, on Futurama. It's like, the British are coming! The British are coming! Gotta cure this OCD. I gotta cure this OCD.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so who are, who are you casting as Laura Secord? I don't know! And, and that's the thing. It's This was before photographs,
1: and being a relatively poor woman, she didn't sit for portraits. So, I, I don't like there's a couple paintings done of the thing. The only thing that I can see is that she has um from the various portraits that I can see here, she has or either has um auburn or chestnut hair, mm-hmm. uh, very long, and she seems to be a relatively thin pale woman. Um, okay.
2: oh, you could cast a lot of people. I um, I I by your by your description, mm. a petite, skinny, pale woman and Hathaway.
0: I
1: have better. Oh, I have, I have, a I have a, I have a couple of guesses, but go ahead.
0: Uh, well, I'm just thinking right age, skinny and actually Canadian. Hmm. How about Colby Smolders?
1: Oh, she'd need a lot more hair, <laughs>
0: but Colby <laughs> <Kobe> Smulders
1: <laughs> could do it. Um, uh, oh, I have to look up her name now. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard.
0: I, you know, I had that thought at first, but I was like, eh, she's American. But yes, I was also thinking of Bryce Dallas Howard. Cause oh, like, we about? saw her in the village. She, she fits.
1: She fits. She can do it. Uh, hold on. Let, let me think of, oh, I know. Uh, uh, a name that will mean absolutely nothing to any of you, but Canadian actress about the right age could play it well. And we know she looks good in the dresses, uh, would be Gemma Zapragna, who played the older sister on Road to Avonlea.
0: well then you're just you'll get all the canadian watching with that
2: (laughs) what uh, what about i know she doesn't have the best acting chops what about natalie portman
0: what are you talking about doesn't have the best acting chops what the hell is wrong with you
2: she listen she can act sometimes but not all the time
0: okay do not blame had me on her. That was George Lucas's problem.
1: Uh, in the photo I have just linked in the chat, Gemma is the woman on the left.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, she's. It, that's fair. And well, she was in. Um, wasn't she in something recently? Hang on.
1: No, different Canadian actress you're thinking of.
0: Okay. Um, but uh, 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 I. I I don't know what's your problem with Natalie Portman is. She's an amazing actress. She's I'll have
2: to actress. I'll have to go through her filmography like but like the stuff I've seen her and she's not been she's not been the standout. Like
0: I
3: mean, did Gemma's you got see V? Eyes. Sorry, go ahead, Jen. V for Vendetta? Jen, go ahead. I was saying that Gemma has pretty eyes. She does have pretty eyes. She
2: you know who her so you know time. who her eyes remind me of? And if she was I don't know 50, 60 years younger, she probably could do it. Dame Maggie Smith
0: yes but that's not happening now
2: <laughs> listen 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 the doctor can the doctor can go back through time and fix it like it's fine speaking
1: of i have a portrait here taken of laura Seacord as an old woman so yeah. maybe maggie smith could play this th-
0: th- that that version this, yes sorry, absolutely sorry,
1: this is mrs james
0: secord yes well that's how it goes yes you don't get your own name you get your husband's name didn't you hear right. um Oh yeah, that's that's Dame Maggie Smith,
1: yes,
2: or or Dame Judy Ditch, Let's be honest, like either one, like Any I'll take them. it. Any of
0: them. Yeah, and she was born Laura Ingersoll. Mm. Ingersoll. All right. These are heavy last names. So it's my turn,
3: Uh-oh. and
0: I am you've you've helped me pare it down.
3: Okay. Uh,
0: I am going to be talking about Edmonia Lewis. Edmonia Lewis, sometimes known as Wildfire, is an American sculptor. She's was born. To a freed slave mother and a First Nations Mississauga, uh, father. She was born free pre-Civil War. Um, and she, 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 she became famous during the Civil War. And one of the pieces that she sculpted that made her so big was, um, oh shoot, what was his name? Um, oh. Shaw, Robert Shaw, aka Oh, Matthew Broderick from Glory. Oh, I was about to say, we're, we're pulling in Glory references today. Yes. And she also sculpted, um, his, his, uh, the Carrie Ells character as well. Um, but she, she, oh, I'm sorry, Mississauga Ojibwe. Uh, so I am sorry. I, I had the wrong, I only used half of the, the people's name. Um, but she, she was born in New York. Uh, grew up in New York uh was her brother was older than her her parents had died and he went and he started making money in the gold rush started out as a barber for the miners and then he started investing in different things and he actually started making money and he sent her to school and she was a big part of the whole abolitionist um uh movement um and she had some issues at one of her schools. Basically, uh, she went on a carriage ride with some friends and the white girls were sick. So everybody blamed her and said she poisoned them. And she was like, uh, no. <laughs> but uh, she was uh, obviously they, they brought her to trial, but she was um, exonerated because there was absolutely no evidence. Unfortunately, while waiting for her trial, she was lynched. Thanks a lot. So it does kind of connect with Ida B. Wells um, and horrible things happen to her. I'm not going to go into that. If you would like to hear the details of that, you could always listen to Stuff You Missed in History Class. They have an episode about her and it is horrific. But she goes on to study and and she goes from drawing and painting into sculpture and she starts with that bust of Robert Shaw gets a lot of notoriety. Uh, and then she starts traveling and she ends up doing some amazing work in Rome. Finding what many, um, people have found is that, wow, while not perfect, Europe is a lot less racist than the US. Yeah. Um,
1: so Edmonia Lewis. Yes. Wildfire. That's who yes. we're talking about, right? Yes. Uh, wasn't lynched.
0: Okay. Not lynched, but she was grabbed from her home, attacked.
1: Okay. Yeah, she died of kidney failure, yeah yeah
0: but that that uh, I was talking about earlier in her life right she wasn't she wasn't killed in that lynching ah uh, that's what I'm saying this was yeah. all before she started her career okay see, when she was still just a girl what amazes
2: me right is the simple fact that this is an interracial couple a native person mm-hmm. and a black woman mm-hmm. they were already on the line to be killed mm-hmm
0: well <laughs> and 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 um oh I'm sorry uh her mother was Mississauga Ojibwe sorry her father was Afro Haitian so. Not just black, the black that they're really scared about in that time. Just just keep hitting the Let's checklist hitting the of death. marginalized
1: people. Next thing she you know, did. you'll tell me she was gay in a wheelchair. Just <laughs> hits all the bumps, right? Let's
0: not forget that uh, um, Haiti had overthrown the white people and the U.S. was really scared that was going to yeah, happen. Like, at this point, if you told me that the reason
2: her parents were dead was because they were snatched out of their homes and killed, I'd be like, yeah. That sounds like par for the course at the time, especially for them.
0: Like, holy cow! Like, my word! Like, did she have a gimp foot too? Like, I, I, I would rather you not use that word, but um, like- n- n- not so far as I know. I, I there may have been later on in life, but um, the the whole point was that she had um, you know, really. She was part of this whole abolitionist movement, and they kind of held her up as, oh, look at this amazing representation, but then they didn't like when she didn't do what they told her. They wanted her to be like their model minority, and she was like, no, I'm going to do my own thing. And then really she true. started sculpting uh Native Americans and heroes of her people, like Hiawatha and um minihana and there's other uh sculptures that you can see of like arrow maker making arrows and a lot of the sculptures that came later are all based on what she had done but then like i said she went to rome she um started studying there found it was a lot easier to breathe in europe um but then the the World's Fair was happening and she decided she was going to make a sculpture for it. And um she did the death of Cleopatra.
1: We were just talking about that sculpture the other day in an unrelated conversation. We yes. were talking about the death of Cleopatra. Yes,
0: we were. And um because it's one of those uh pieces that had horrible restoration <laughs> happen to it. Somebody painted oh, no. it. Um yeah, it's the the whole history of that piece alone is is fantastic. But it is Cleopatra using the snake to kill herself, and she's got a bare breast exposed and everything. And it was really a, um, a a bit of a controversy, you know, but people really did enjoy seeing it. And it was showed at the World's Fair at the same time as Lady Liberty's torch hand. Nutty,
2: are you saying yeah. that that the patriarchal white men had a problem
1: with bare women nipples? So- yes. So... The, the damage to the sculpture happened because of two reasons. And this is actually both of them are kind of funny. One of them, the statue was bought by a gambler. Yep. Who used ah! it as, who used it as a grave marker for his favorite racehorse named Cleopatra. So this beautiful marble statue was outside in the elements getting rained on and stuff. So of course it's going to start to degrade did- and show damage. And then the rest of the damage was, as the Wikipedia says, caused accidentally by a bunch of well-meaning Boy Scouts who decided to paint the statue to restore it.
0: Yes. But did, oh! did you get the part that, uh, in his will, it was said that no matter who buys the land, that it has to – the statue has to stay there. So the land kept changing hands, but that statue had to stay where the grave was. Yeah,
1: in the Chicago suburb of Forest Park. Yeah,
0: and it only moved after the post office bought the land, and they were like, we don't care. Nah. And then the, the Boy Scouts painted it. Yeah, it's now at the Smithsonian. Oh my God. Yes, it's now at the oh Smithsonian. God. Like, I just – Like,
2: you guys are right. Like, hit the checkbox. Like, just going down the list of reasons why no one will like you, or specifically why white people will not like you.
0: There's a couple other um, uh, uh, statues that you may know. Like, for instance, if you know the statue of uh, Hagar... Um, that's a very, very famous statue. And then there's this forever free statue. Uh, she did some amazing work. Um, she never married. Uh, there is, um, there is a a note that she had was engaged in 1973 and still engaged in 1975. They never revealed who, but they did say that the person she was engaged to was of the same skin color. 1873
1: what did i say 19
0: i meant 18 i apologize
1: she'd be like 133 no, in 1977, no, no, no,
0: no. So. <laughs> but um yeah i mean
1: all the props to her but <laughs> there's not a lot of people dating at 133 years old
0: yeah yeah uh she um she she was fantastic and unfortunately um when she did die uh in her 60s um she kind of died in obscurity in the sense that when she checked in she did not check herself in as Edmonia Lewis but rather as Mary Lewis and um kind of like died quietly um which is kind of sad uh but there's just so much that is interesting about her life and what she's done you know being the first african american Uh, sculpturist, uh, creating this whole movement of portrait sculptures and changing the way we see sculpture. Um, but also what she was doing at what time is just fantastic. Uh, and I would, I would love to see a movie based on her. And we actually do have photographs of her because she was a fan of photography. See, we, and I will put it in the chat for all. Yeah.
2: See, we should, they should do a re-edit. Of glory, and there should be just a scene of Broderick and Elways standing for for a sculptor, and it's her.
0: Like, <laughs> well, she did. She did everything off of um, portraits that she had found. She had not met him. So we should make it so. And should- um, his family was so touched. His father was brought to tears when he saw the piece, and he asked, "Could I get some silver prints of that to keep among my possessions?" And because he loved it so much and he missed his son and people said that she had a way of capturing people's essence without ever meeting them. See, that's why those white
2: ladies at her school said she poisoned them because her father was Haitian and her mother was native. So they obviously thought she was a witch. Like, let's let's be up. They thought she was a witch. And use magic powers to poison them, obviously.
1: So, so who plays her in the movie, Nutty?
0: I don't know. I don't know. She's like Ida. She has oh. this very familiar look. Right. But I'm not so sure. I, I-,
1: I was looking up photos just to confirm, but I think I know who I want to play her in the movie. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Can go we ahead. get Alfrey Woodard?
0: I mean, Who looks
1: just like her. <laughs> can
2: I? I'll, they're not as dark as she is, but after watching her perform as of late, she's got the chops. Can we get Zendaya
0: on the board, please? I I mean I'll watch Zendaya in anything. I'll watch Zendaya in <laughs> anything, but um uh I I I would love if we could find actresses that have mixed heritage. I think that would be fantastic. Um, especially because there's often not enough highlight on that, and not just mm. oh yeah, I was told in my family, but rather like having that actual connection would be probably Ooh. the cast. I
1: was hoping to get a reaction from Jason. I think he was busy, but Jason, yeah. what do you think, Alfred Woodard?
2: I, you know what, I'm not, I'm not mad at that. I think Alfred Woodard could pull it off. Um, I was actually the reason why you didn't get a reaction is because I'm actually looking up the cast for Death on the Nile. Because there is a black lady who plays a lounge singer in that movie, and I cannot think of
1: her name, and I'm trying to what, the the Kenneth Branagh movie or the Peter Ustinov movie.
2: Um the the 2022 uh okay. Kenneth Branagh movie. Okay. Um, because there was a black lady who played a lounge singer in that movie, and I cannot think of her name. This say... is
0: great audio.
2: I know it's, it's fine. It's, it's, it's the best. It's what we do. Um, but yeah, she, um, she's excellent in this movie. By the way, like you guys need to see Death on the Nile.
1: If Sophie Okonedo. Yes. She, that's Sophie Okonedo CBE. Mm.
2: Yeah. She's excellent in that movie. And Latia White plays her daughter in the movie. Um, and I know Latia White, um, she's not bad at all either. She could play a young her.
1: Letitia White, yeah, Le- yeah, Latisha White.
0: I I'm good with Alfred Woodard. I I don't know. I don't know about the younger scenes. Maybe having two actresses is good. Um, I don't know, but yeah. I'm in. How
1: old is Alfred Woodard?
0: She's like fifty something at least. Actually, actually, tech.
2: I'm 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 going through some pictures she's of Alfred.
0: Oh, she's hey. older. Than her. Um,
2: I'm and going through some good. pictures of Alfred Woodard, and you're not. Sir, you're not wrong. She could, mm. she could, she could. It took me some Google fooling and d- digging through it's She could do it. Matter of fact, she can call me. We could talk about it. Like,
1: yeah, yeah. And, and here's the thing though Alfrey Woodard, like you said, looks 50, looks late 40s to me. She's 69 years old.
0: Yeah.
2: At um, this point, and, they need to bottle what her and Angela Bassett
1: have. Yes. Like, whatever uh, it is, they just bottle it.
0: And Viola but, Davis and like everyone. Like, they're all just amazing.
1: But, Edmonia Lewis died at 63 years old. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. You know what? She's close enough. And let's be honest, she's at the perfect number, right? <laughs> oh, exactly. But we only got a couple months left. So come on, chop, chop. <laughs> make yeah, this happen.
0: Yeah. So those are our people from history. We've got Hedy Lamar, Ida B. Wells, Laura Secord, and Edmonia Lewis. And each of us had at least three people that we wanted to talk about. Oh yeah. We got so, more. We got to do this again. We've got more. We, we are definitely ready to talk more about this because there's so many times that they're like, Oh yeah, let's do another story about Lincoln or let's do another James Adams or whatever. I got
1: another seven Spider-Man movies ready to go. <laughs> <I> <laughs>
0: and said, and so
1: often they go do going to the...
2: perpetuity. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I said, Marvel will go into perpetuity.
0: <laughs> I mean, this is true but there's so many um you know uh movies that are being made about people from history but there's so many amazing stories out there that we can tell let's stop telling the same ones you know and uh so these were the women we want to see more about let us know what women would you like to see more of you know in a biopic all right well thanks so much for joining us everyone it's a blast. we got to do this more often. Oh, yes. And this has been just so much fun, and I can't wait to do it again. So if you want to share what you were thinking, just send it on in. Listen to the details on the way out. You can go to Discord, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, socials, email, whatever. We are interested to hear what you have to say. And just know that anytime I do get feedback, I share it with everyone. I don't read it on air, but I do share it with everyone here. So thanks so much. Bye, buddy. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. and before we say goodbye i would like to thank our patron our patrons without whom we would not have two episodes a, a month I almost said two episodes a week two episodes a month so thank you so much to our top tier patrons uh jacks jason Enrich the TT. And thank you to our second tier patrons, Andy, Luke, Mark, Cabot, Mark being caffeinated one, uh, Melissa, Paul, Susanna. And thank you to all of our other patrons, uh, the lifeblood of this campaign. You keep the server costs going. You keep the lights on. So thank you to Cliff, Grig, Harold, Hugh, Ian, Justine, Ken, Kinsey, Mike, Patrick, The Radical Geek, Shane, Stephen, Will, and Zachman. Thanks so much, everyone. You all keep this going, and you're going to hear a promo from one of our glorious patrons. Actually, I think a couple of our patrons are on that one. Uh, so go ahead and give it a listen and uh, check their podcast out, too. If you're a patron, you get to have your promo played on this podcast. Just an extra perk.
2: This is Protonaut Cinema Reviews. We've gathered this evening to consider 1936's Revolt of the Zombies.
1: The rock bottom of the zombies.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we open with yeah. the Montezuma's Revenge font from the entire 5200. <laughs> <laughs> which is bizarre since we're not in South America. While we're looking at plot holes, why did the zombies attacking the trench have guns? They're throwing around lines like... <laughs> Destruction of the white race. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying that if you happen to be the last person to watch this film, just <laughs> you bury yourself in a landfill.
1: Chrononaut <laughs> Cinema Reviews is a Way of the Buffalo Skinner Co. co-production. Goodbye.